Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Now through June 29th, you can earn up to four times rewards points on your favorite products throughout the store at Safeway. Shop for items like Coca-Cola products, Deer Park Natural Spring Water, Dannon Light and Fit Yogurt, Mott's Original Applesauce, Heinz Ketchup, and McCormick Spices. And earn up to four times bonus reward points to use for discounts on gas or groceries. Visit Safeway.com or download the Safeway for You app to earn your reward points today. Offer valid through June 29th. See store for more details. Everybody and welcome to a brand new episode of the Geek Buddies. <gasps> hey! Well, uh, we are here again this week to have some fun breaking down some great new uh, geek news topics that have been blowing up over the last few days here we're going to jump into those super bowl movie trailers which a lot of you i know have been waiting to hear our thoughts on so we're going to get into that we've got a new little mermaid trailer that dropped as well we're going to touch on a little uh melissa mccarthy cackling as ursula there as well we're going to talk about some news from kevin feige in phase five some updates on his end we're going to get into that joker 2 picture with lady gaga that was released as well and we're going to dive into some breaking news that happened just before we started recording on how to train your dragon getting a live action adaptation so a lot going on and in our as i said our main topic though is going to be jumping into those trailers and more so but let's introduce ourselves i am the outlaw john roca writer producer and host here on the geek buddies i am michael vogel a writer and producer of animated tv shows and movies and i've had a lot of caffeine today <laughs> oh boy here we go and this is Shannon yeah. McClung, and along with being an animation writer, a television actor, having a decent decent amount of caffeine, nowhere near that. Um, but I also have exceptionally high hair right now. I need yeah, to get my hair cut. But yeah, this is this is a little high for me. Like as I'm like it looked fine in the mirror, but now that I'm looking at myself on the screen, yeah, I feel self conscious. You, you look like Astro hit, Boy. You might have hit uh, five two. Oh wow, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Zing. Oh, Zingarama. I think there's a little <laughs> Astro Boy going on, in my personal opinion, but I like uh, Jimmy Neutron. All right. Well, anyway, we're going to get into so many things going on here. And uh, um, a big shout out to Carbon Health, who continues to power and sponsor us here on the Geek Buddies. Head on over there uh, for any of, your, any of your healthcare questions, concerns, or needs. CarbonHealth.com or download the app to have a doc in your pocket. As I've been mentioning, download. was that a short joke? Was it? Oh, oh, wow. wow. Uh, and as I've been mentioning over the last couple of Some weeks, Someone's got a short fuse today. Oh, dude. Oh, no. Is this going to be the whole... Ah, uh, damn it. Anyway, anyway, they've been working a lot of mental health stuff and, impl- and implementing new mental health programs. So if you've got that stuff going on here as we go into February, March, you know, spring's coming up. Uh, you know, maybe you want to get uh, taken a look at here and see if there's some ways to deal with the world changing, deal with life changing 
head on over to carbonhealth.com and get that squared away for yourself uh, today for sure. Yeah, don't um, forget that uh, Carbon Health will help you with the big things, but don't forget to not overlook the little things. It's the little things that really are important in life sometimes. It's those little, small things that you might not think need to get checked out, but they really should get checked out because little things can become big problems. So don't short yourself. They, they can become big problems. Oh, oh they no. can become <laughs> big problems. <laughs> Uh, well, and uh, speaking of big problems, let's get into our first topic here. Certainly a lot of people have oh! opinions. That's, that's why he's the boss. That's why he's the boss, guys. He keeps us keeps us on track. It would be a four-hour show if I didn't. Uh, so <laughs> let's, let's talk about it here. This dropped uh, yesterday, causing a lot of uproar on the internet, both positive and negative. You know, um, James Gunn having a recent announcement that we all covered right after it dropped at uh, 9 a.m. to talk about the new path of D.C., and he spoke specifically about essentially having an Elseworlds type of DC existence for where the Batman exists and also where the Joker exists, especially that sequel that's coming out. And they just released a new picture of Lady Gaga here in the Joker 2 film. And clearly, at least to me, this looks like Harleen, Dr. Harleen Quinzel, uh, a.k.a. Harley Quinn here in the approach, in the demeanor, in the care, in the love, the hand on the cheeks. You see this, her the look on her face, everything. This is a look I don't think I've ever seen on Lady Gaga's face, so I find this incredibly fascinating. Gentlemen, what are your thoughts here? Because the, 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 the internet was divided between the people who love this and the people who were mad that we were going to get the Harley Quinn approach that people didn't like back in the 90s. Now, in retrospect, of her being beholden to the Joker all the time. Clearly, from the body language, it seems like she's very much entranced by him and his his comfortable, smooth, confident smile there. So what do you all think about this picture? And uh, are we 100% getting Lady Gaga as Harley Quinn? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there, there's there's no doubt that that this is this is her sort of descent into madness thanks to thanks to Arthur Fleck aka the Joker yeah. like I, I i guess you know i was in a bit of an echo chamber cuz i only heard positive stuff like oh, okay. granted it is a still it is it is a it is a very sure. close up still one picture from a movie that is not going to come out for a minute um but i will say that- it was a carefully selected still shannon so they clearly wanted to get tongues wagging Sure, and and like I, I I'm struggling to find where someone would find any sort of negativity okay. tied with this. I, I mean, again, maybe I'm in a little bit of an echo chamber with the people that I follow, but mm. it was just sort of like, oh yeah, that that's a that's a cool photo. Like there's there's definitely sort of a mania in her eyes. So yeah. I'm like, you know, Joker being what it was like like folks didn't have a whole lot like they, they just didn't know what it was going to be and the fact that it what it did turn out to be you know a good movie that was incredibly successful yeah. um using that same creative team adding a, 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 a an interesting wrinkle in the addition of uh harley quinn and adding the musical element is like this is like is this going to be good no idea is it going to be interesting and unique 100 percent um like this this will this is a different type this is a different type of uh comic book film and personally like I, i'm i'm here for it i mean based yeah. off of that still i'm like yeah this 
it seems like the train's headed headed in the right direction. I'll be curious to hear from you guys the negativity, just because honestly, I've I've not heard uh, anyone say anything uh, negative about yeah. it. Well, I mean, the shot, Michael, um, certainly Todd Phillips coming back to direct this, but also the shot implies the old uh, mm-hmm. story of, or the original story of how she became Harley Quinn. And they made her much, I mean, certainly Margot Robbie's approach to it has been much more empowered, especially Birds of Prey approach to it. The new Harley Quinn animated show is much more empowered, less about being a lovesick fool to Joker. Do you think they're tossing that away and going back to the original source and the origin story of her and making her beholding to the Joker. Because that's the criticism I saw from some female pundits and some other pundits who were saying, oh, no, is this a repeat of the same origin story? We've moved on past that. What do you think of this picture? And what do you think about some of those reactions? Well, it's funny. And again, I might be dating myself. And also, I'm a dude. So let's take two of those things as as what I'm about to say. And I could be completely... uh, not as aware of certain things or I feel it in a different way. But I think that part of what makes Harley Quinn amazing as a character is that she started in a place and evolved past it. Mm -hmm. So in either version, I mean, I know that they've tweaked the origin of did Harley jump into the acid? Did Joker push her into the acid? Like there's been lots of tweaks to the how of it all and the why of it all. But in any version of Harley Quinn, she started off in a shitty relationship with the Joker and then she moved on past it. And, right. you know, if you're watching the Harley Quinn animated series, she's in a much more uh, evolved and healthy relationship with her girl Poison Ivy, Harl Ivy forever. But I think that part of Harley getting to a place where she can be with Ivy and be this more evolved on her own, uh, uh, I want to say heroine, but uh, anti-hero, um, is that she evolved past this super shitty relationship with this super abusive guy. And we've seen Margot Robbie, uh, her take on it. We've seen that the, the DC versions take on it thus far. Whether we see a new DC version of Harley Quinn with what James Gunn is doing remains to be seen. But I think given the dark kind of uh, grimy nature of the first Joker movie, mm-hmm. kind of seeing that version of Harley's origin story to me is interesting because I think that growing up watching Batman the Animated Series seeing this character of Harley go from a background character to a to a really great sidekick character to a great main character in her own right, that episode Mad Love, which was based on the Mad Love comic book, which really delves into that origin story of Harley and Quinzel becoming Harley Quinn, is still one of the best stories. And to watch a story as a kid on a animated TV series that really dealt with this person in this abusive relationship, she's a fascinating character. And so I think erasing that part of her origin to me uh i think there's still an interesting story there and it's a story that a lot of people outside of the comic book world who don't see as many comic book movies who may see a movie like the sequel to joker uh it might be a really interesting story for them too so that is just and like that is my opinion based on one image now the more that we see about this movie i might have a wildly different opinion and say whoa todd phillips really missed the boat on this and he does not get who Harley Quinn is, or yeah. he, we didn't see this move on. But I, I think I'm kind of in the boat with Shannon that this is a big swing and it could be a swing and a miss and it could be a home run. And yeah. I don't know which one it's going to be, but I appreciate the fact that it's a big swing. Um, so yeah, like, and again, I'm, if anyone in the comics uh, comments, 
if anyone in the comments, particularly like our female fans, uh, people who feel really differently about Harley Quinn, like a hundred percent tell me why I'm wrong. A hundred percent let me know. Uh, I'll respond to you. Like, I definitely think it's an interesting conversation. And depending on your age, depending on when you became interested in Harley Quinn as a character, and depending on your gender, I think you can have a wildly different opinion on which version and which take of Harley Quinn you think is the appropriate version. So I think it's a really interesting topic that really is dependent on your personal relationship with this character. Yeah, it's real fascinating. I mean, I love the picture. I think it's great. Oh, the shot, rather. It's it's great. And she looks so intensely um, connected to the Joker and Joaquin Phoenix's casual, confident smile with the shades of the clown makeup on his face. All of it is there. So that could be a very fascinating exploration because how many of us have been in shitty relationships, climbed out of them and got into a healthy one because we learned what we needed to learn from that shitty relationship. And she could symbolize that, as you said, Michael, so well. She could be uh, something that uh, represents that for a lot of people who, as you said, again, are not in the comic book world, aren't watching these films from comic book world. And also, I think we're such an in, in an interesting transition place now with our entertainment, where we have been swinging so progressive over the last few years. Now there's a bit of a pushback within the fandom within uh, the uh, people who are enjoying these kinds of things to not be so sensitive or touchy about this kind of stuff. And even now we're seeing these battles on internet, on the internet and on, and on websites about, should we have sex scenes? Should we not have sex scenes? And the puritanical people are exciting with the people who don't want to have sex scenes. And the, uh, some of the most progressive people are saying we shouldn't have sex scenes. And they're suddenly finding themselves as allies, these two opposite political spectrum people allies against sex scenes so it's just a fascinating transition place and when joker came out joker got a lot of shit for uh, aggrandizing white male anger and uh, you know making it seem cool making it seem interesting even though he's a villainous guy a lot of people glommed onto this character kind of like they did with michael corley and the godfather in 19 in the 1970s you know they 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 like this guy even though he's a villain even though he's doing bad things even though he's killing his brother they like this guy for the personality and the charm that Joaquin Phoenix brought to it. So maybe they're taking a more, a rougher, honest approach as opposed to playing to these things that they need to play to, or they're combining the two where we see her in this terrible relationship, but she climbs out of it by the end of the movie, cool. realizing the toxicity of it all and finding herself in a stronger place. And Arthur moves on in a different way as well. Cause at the end of the movie, yes, he has that moment where they drag him out, but not without all these other things happening around it. So it, it'll be an interesting approach that they take. Certainly a much more adult approach, an R-rated approach. So they might not be afraid to have harder edges on the on this particular well, property and on this particular franchise. But you bring up a really interesting point too, which, and I think this is where context is going to be so key to this movie, which is yeah. this relationship is not going to be the same as the relationship that we know. Like yeah, Arthur right, is not exactly. the same yes. Joker as the Joker that we know. So like the entire Joker movie gives us an origin story for the Joker that is very different. And I don't want to say he's right in the movie by any stretch, but he's also not wrong. Like society kind of like dogpiles on this guy who was already sort of on the edge to begin with. So this is not the guy that is so focused on blowing up back man that he's ignoring the girlfriend in front of him because there's no batman for him to blow up in this movie at least not that we know of yet so what is this movie like this is going to be a very different take on things and so 
the relationship that this Harley and this Joker get into mm. yeah. is will probably not be a but I think it's a safe bet seeing the first movie that I'm not going to bank on it being a healthy relationship, but it's not going to be, but it's not going to be the same thing exactly of this, uh, this super villain who doesn't really give you the time of day, except when he needs you to do something. So I, I'm just really curious to what this relationship is going to be. The musical aspect of it adds a whole other layer that you're like, what is really going on? Like this might just be the courtship. And I think if the movie creates a version of, of Arthur that is wooing Harley and they kind of fall Ooh. for each other and it's this weird fucked up love story and he's not even abusive to her yet, that might be something that's interesting too. I have no idea what it's going to be, but I think right. this, like, the jury's out, but I think the main thing to take away, at least at the moment, and I agree with you, is that's an awesome photo. Yeah. Like, that photo yeah. looks like it's right out of the Batman comic book in all the right ways as far as Harley and Joker go. So as far yeah. as, like kicking things off it's really interesting and it's not nearly enough for us to form any opinion on what the ins and outs of this relationship are actually going to be yet yeah and shannon what we saw in the first movie that whole relationship with zazzy beats is completely made up in his mind so this might be a shot from something made up in his mind where she's you know um lovelorn and she's totally uh, bes uh besought by him and this is all in his head all the musical stuff could all be in his head and, and she's actually has no interest in him. And this is a whole thing he's fabricating in his mind. That's a possibility as well from this shot. Oh, absolutely. Could be. I mean, that was, that's, that's what I was thinking as we were, as we were chatting was that that fabricated relationship with Ozzy beats in how uh, Arthur Fleck really wants love. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, he, he wants some sort of connection and he, he may have finally found it with this, uh, with this, you know, psychotherapist. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I do agree with Vogel that my guess is that this is going to be the courtship yeah. and that whole musical aspect, it is 100% in their heads, but I think it's, it's two, two damaged people possibly finding each mm -hmm. other. Like that's, that's kind of my guess. Yeah. That happens in this world for sure. All right. Well, let's take a, a and that is, you know, we got a while before we see anything from the Joker, the uh, two, the trailer or anything like that. So, but this is uh, so far the two clips, the uh, two shots we've gotten have very much stayed in the vein of what they did in the first movie. And so it's going to be curious to see once we get a trailer, exactly what the story is going to be uh, there. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll jump into some Kevin Feige news right after this. Now through June 29th, you can earn up to four times rewards points on your favorite products throughout the store at Safeway. Shop for items like Coca-Cola products, Deer Park Natural Spring Water, Dannon Light and Fit Yogurt, Mott's Original Applesauce, Heinz Ketchup, and McCormick Spices. And earn up to four times bonus reward points to use for discounts on gas or groceries. Visit Safeway.com or download the Safeway For You app to earn your reward points today. Offer valid through June 29th. See store for more details. Do 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 What's that one? Send in the clowns. Oh, good. Um, Very good. Go ahead. Hey, look, uh, you can't, you can't, you can't make everybody all, happy. They all can't be just the Last of Us. I, I get it. I get. It. <laughs> oh, the last of us who the people in the comments, you I got a bunch it. of rolled eyes from my co-host. The people in the comments really, really <laughs> enjoyed that. People so. loved it. 
<laughs> you spoke to the people. <laughs> the one, the ones that, the ones that commented. Eh, maybe everyone else thought it was stupid, eh, they, but they didn't. They didn't have the energy to say anything. <laughs> so with Ant Man and the Waz Quantum Mania coming out this Friday, the uh, Kevin Feige promotional machine has kicked into uh, kicked into high gear, and he uh, sat down with EW to talk a lot about Phase Five and what is coming. Um, and, and really interesting because as we've talked about, you know, Phase Four has been has been an, uh, a little more bumpy sure. than, say, Phase 3 was. But, um, yeah, he actually threw out some really, really interesting stuff. First about talking about uh, an adjustment to the slate of the Disney Plus shows, saying the pace at which we're putting out the Disney Plus shows will change so they can each get a chance to shine. And the follow-up question was, does that mean there's going to be fewer shows and or more spaced out? And he responded both, I think. He also jumped into talking about Daredevil Born Again, saying how it's going to be a little more episodic in nature. I mean, if you're watching Poker Face on Peacock, mm. like that's something that Ryan Johnson deliberately set out to do was like, what happened to those great old shows, those episodic shows where you could sit down and you might appreciate the larger story if, if you've been watching, but also you don't need to have all of the context to just sit down and enjoy something and it seems like that is something they're trying to do with daredevil born again to have the thing that you can sit down and just watch hey this is this is uh, a daredevil's case of the week as yeah. it were and then he goes into talking about uh harrison ford uh as president thaddeus ross and how the uh relationship that he's going to have with anthony mackie sam wilson that's going to be uh, uh, uh an interesting dynamic he also said which was a surprise to me that um bucky barnes is going to be the de facto leader of the thunderbolts i mean yeah. i certainly thought it was going to be yelena belova uh he also at as ant-man is coming out he of course he wants to talk about his new favorite guy, Jonathan Major, saying Kang is the highest testing villain we've ever had in any of our friends and family screenings. And he also cites his work in The Last Black Man in San Francisco as a huge reason we cast him, which if you have not seen that movie, it, I believe it is on Amazon Prime. It was yeah. an Amazon film. And he is, Jonathan Majors is uh, stupendous in that. He also says Spider-Man 4 is on the way, saying all I'll say is that we have the story, we have big ideas for that, and our writers are just uh, putting pen to paper now he also said uh, uh talked about a potential return from moon knight saying i think there's a future for that character as we move forward also with the marvels that secret invasion and the marvels are essentially captain marvel follow-ups but tonally they couldn't be more different and he closes with uh that blade is going to start filming in the next 10 weeks or so and that we should start to hear more about the fantastic four very very soon so a ton of stuff to throw at you gentlemen let <laughs> it process it who wants to go first who wants to, to speculate speculate uh, on something that we haven't talked about at all which is marvel's phase five yeah yeah well i love the uh, you know shagman has very, very made it very clear there's no casting going on just yet but you know they're looking at people and probably talking to people deals are probably you know trying to be worked out or whatever so it's all hush hush but I love the idea that they're going to start spacing this out. And I think this is a subtle response to the CGI situation, to the Marvel uh, visual effects situation by slowing down the production, by, you know, dragging out these uh, times or uh, causing more space in between these things. I think they realize they're going to give their people a little more time to catch up on these deadlines and get this stuff done. Cause the, the, um, uproar was getting louder and louder not only for the quality of the cgi but also 
this uh, movement was picking up steam on social media and on these websites talking about how these visual effects artists were getting completely abused by Marvel. And the last thing you want is, you know, a, a, a negative connotation to the work you're putting out when you're trying to really keep it going uh, into its 30th movies or whatever. So I understand. I think that was a smart move by them. I think pacing it out does make sense as well. Because don't forget, we also got those Star Wars series that are coming out as well, like back to back and balancing all out. It's a lot for fans to consume nowadays. And I think he's realizing little too much too soon with all of this stuff let's slow things down a little bit and have the confidence that the audience will be there i like that and i agree with you man the bucky thing would hit me out of left field it's like really bucky's gonna lead this team interesting interesting because he's kind of a how can i say this he's a bit of a questionable leader and he's still trying to figure out where he belongs so if you're going to give the shield to Sam, I guess you've got to give Bucky something. And the Thunderbolts certainly make sense to carry on the legacy of Captain America, both through Sam and through Bucky um, in a way. So I kind of like that. And the Miss Marvel stuff or the Marvel stuff is really cool to to read as well. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And the fact we're 10 weeks away from finally Blade getting sh- uh, getting to start shooting uh, is exciting for me personally, as I want to see how this whole thing turns out. Uh, what, what, what stood out to you, Michael? Uh, Ross is the president. <laughs> that was the only I, like, 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 like the the fact that uh, General Ross was the sec- went from Secretary of State to President is really the only new news. I mean, I guess the yeah. spacing things out is news, but the rest of it is just good Kevin Feige hype. Like this is and like it's good Kevin Feige hype. Don't yeah, get me true, wrong; true. he's good at what he does. But this was a really big article that was like, "Here's all the things that you know that I'm excited about." And uh, by the way, uh, General Ross is now President, and him and Sam Wilson are going to have some interesting. And I was like, "Oh, well, that okay, new." Um, Bucky being head of the Thunderbolts doesn't, I think that Yelena Belova is probably going to end up being the lead of that movie, mm. but I think Bucky leading the Thunderbolts makes sense. Uh, he's the most experienced. He's the only one that like on that team that like hung with the Avengers. So, yeah. you know, we've talked about this with quantum mania. We talked about it with that being the first movie in phase five. We talked about this, like the people that actually, if you were an Avenger, in the infinity saga and you're still around you saved the world yeah and everyone else didn't save the world so if you were if you if you ran up on thanos you have a level of seniority that nobody else in the room has uh so he's got that going on for him the spacing it out you might be right i maybe i'm a bit more cynical i don't think that they're that concerned about the uh, special effects. Uh, You're more cynical blowback, than me. That, when does that happen? In when that respect, that in that respect I am. I mean, I think that they don't love bad press, but I also don't think that they were going to let that press uh, um, dictate their change their role, dictate their release schedule. Okay. I do wonder, and again, this might be incorrect as well, but I wonder if part of this is the difference of Chapik and Iger. Um, I think that, I think that, I think that particular, well, no, I mean, features and, I mean, I think Chapek, Chapek's entire strategy was we need people watching Disney plus. Right. Let's roll out as much as fucking possible as quickly as we can. Star Wars and Marvel are our main things. Make as much as possible. Let's just flood the market. And I think Iger is a little bit more of a let's eventize things and make them, make them big deals. Uh, and so I wonder if that is also a part of it. In, in honest to God's truth, it's probably a little bit of all of it. And they probably are also seeing what we see and what we talk about and what everybody who's listening to us talks about is a little bit of that Marvel malaise. Like at a certain point, 
you know, I mean, and, and I mean, I'm I'm feeling it. Uh, Quantum. I'm going to see Quantum Mania tomorrow, and I'm I'm excited to see it, and I'm excited to see if I agree with John or agree with other people on Twitter and see how I feel about it. But I don't have that like Marvel excitement. I'm like, all right, Quantum Mania is tomorrow, and uh, Secret Invasion is soon, and got Guardians in a couple months, and it's like it doesn't it doesn't have that like holy shit feeling because there's so much, and I think they're trying to get us back to that holy shit feeling. I mean, I think they like I okay. if, like I think the main thing with this article. I've, I've I have another thought, but I've been talking a lot. But like, go ahead. What, what no, were you no, ask? go ahead, please. Um, I think the main thing with this article is is that the vibe that I get from this article is the same vibe that I got when we went to Comic Con, which is whatever their opinions are about their own movies, we will not know. Kevin Feige is not going to go on EW and say, guys. We shouldn't have let Sam Raimi do what he did. Like, we really, like, whiffed the ball on that. And maybe the tone with Taika's movie was a bit off. And, yeah, you know what? Ugh, I, I I don't think that Moon Knight, like, landed on all four cylinders. Like, he's like they're never going to say that. But they do have those opinions. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, so, and I think that, I think they are I've never heard aware, of anything landing I, on all four cylinders. <laughs> you know what? I knew when I said it, it was wrong. I, I, I should have tried to make a football analogy, but that That's would have been bad too. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Even the um, tall guys make mistakes, folks. You know, <laughs> let me let me put it this way. He, he could have come out and said, you know, with Moon Knight, you don't slay the runway every week. Sometimes your looks oh, just don't work and you're not oh, on theme. Boy. Like it just doesn't, you don't always slay the runway. Um, yeah (laughs) but i think i think that they are aware of the fact that even after comic-con when they kind of gave us the whole it's the multiverse saga we've got the kang dynasty and secret wars coming and we're like okay cool we still got to the end of phase four and we're like "Ah, okay there's, uh, there's a lot going on, man. I don't know. Yeah. It just, it just, phase five still doesn't have that drive. It feels like if you are a comic book fan from back in the day and you read comics, where you would get like that comic book run where somebody would come on, whether it was, you know, uh, Frank Miller Daredevil or Mike, uh, Mike, Brian Michael Bendis Daredevil, and you would be reading it. And every month you were like, this is fucking great. Oh my God. I am so in. This is the best thing I'm reading right now. It's so good. And then a new creative team comes on and you're just like, okay, I'm going to stick with it for a while because I love these characters, but I hope it gets back on track. And then sometimes a new creative team comes back and you're like back on track. And it kind of feels like we're in a little bit of that comic book slump right now with the MCU. And I think he's doing everything he can to hype us up. Yeah, especially when you look at that Rotten Tomatoes score right now, uh, even though I was on the other side of it, you look at that Rotten Tomatoes score, that doesn't bode well for you even though right now the box office i think is looking at 200 268 million something like that uh so really the biggest opening for the ant-man franchise because of kang and people want to see what we got here until open phase five but that run tomato score can't put him with confidence so i'm sure he's trying to get ahead of it by speaking about all the things that are coming and talking about all the things that he's really super excited to see with the marvel universe so you know whatever the reaction is going to be in the long run to ant-man of the wasp quantum which i loved and uh if i had more energy i'd be going back to see again tonight um you know he he has to brand safe so it makes sense the stuff he was saying shannon did did anything stand out to you i know mike and i've been talking for a bit is there anything you want to chime in with on this well i mean i do like that he is saying like we're going to start hearing more about the fantastic four yeah um because coming out of comic-con last year a lot of folks were saying a lot of different things that (laughs) 
when they were gonna when they for their hall h presentation they're bringing out <laughs> that <everything>. never happens <laughs> <laughs> so i think the biggest the biggest uh disappointment for me personally was we didn't get to find out who who our fantastic four is going to be uh, yeah. um yeah. now now again and, and i think some people were kind of you know spitting nails about it i was like oh, okay wow that sucks that's what i was really hoping to hear about um right. but knowing the names that are being tossed about for 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 certain characters that's the thing that's the thing that i really that i really want to know also the president uh president mm-hmm. ross uh edition was pretty fun as well and also like because i've just been watching shrinking and 1923 because Mm. harrison ford is all over the small screen right now um i love harrison ford i hope oh my gosh i hope he sticks around (laughs) because he's just you know well he's 80 he's he's an older he is an older man he still turns out a great performance i have no doubt he'll be great i just hope he sticks around because knowing that well no i'm not saying he's gonna pass away but i'm just saying he's 80 and he's also you know he he is not hurting for worker money Mm. and and harrison ford is not the type of guy to me that would sign a long-term contract so it's like i'm Mm. really curious what they're gonna do with him um is red hulk gonna show up in cap four are they gonna save him for the thunderbolts i mean they haven't even officially said he's in the thunderbolts i mean they've only said he's in captain mm, america I thought they did. uh no Not, jeff did uh, they, snyder did, snyder broke it on the hot mic that he is going to be in thunderbolts yeah that was the but, did, but but has the has the studio said it is like i'm not doubting i'm not doubting jeff but i'm, I'm just saying i'm just gonna say he's I'm just gonna put that up he's he's in it <laughs> there's no way he's not it but uh yeah. just knowing knowing his age um that is yeah. something that that as a fan of of the mcu and of harrison ford that's that's one of the things that makes me nervous it's like I, oh gosh i know we gotta jump but i think you make an excellent point uh shannon in the long run here because it's kind of ironic that all of a sudden he's got this desire to work all the time at 80 years old like where was this desire and maybe there wasn't the properties of the franchises he was excited yeah. to be a part of in the 60s or 70s. He but was high. <laughs> he was high. It was with Callista smoking a bottle. Him and Callista were high <laughs> off their asses. <laughs> I would love to see Harrison Ford rewatching Empire Strikes Back or Indiana Jones High. I would love to see a video. That's. That YouTube video would have 7 billion views. I'm telling you that right now. 7 billion views. You could charge $10. Harrison Ford, if Harrison Harrison Ford did a high Harrison Twitch stream every night (laughs) where it was just him watching his own movies high off his ass, like the entire world, the entire world would watch it. That's tough. We would see, I think we could achieve world peace if we could do that. Uh, By the way, wait, right, I know sure. we're I know we're moving on, but I did I do want to say one more thing about it. About him, and we're gonna make another analogy. Just one more thing. Just one more thing. I was gonna make I was gonna make another analogy, but I think I've got this one right. The one okay. thing he said that is very true about Marvel, despite how we feel about Phase Four, despite how we feel about Quantum Mania, despite how we feel about any of this, really, is he's kept, Marvel right now is playing poker, and it doesn't matter what their hand is because they've got two aces up their sleeve. Did I do that right? I think I said it right. Uh, they got, like he said, it's X-Men and Fantastic Four. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. like no matter what they do, uh, even with Fantastic Four, because that's part of phase five, like 
if they get Fantastic Four right, and more importantly, if they can land X-Men, even if everything in the multiverse saga sucks, which I don't think is going to happen, but even if everyone is showing up to see Marvel's X-Men. So, like, Marvel has, like, these two things that they're just like, we're good. Like, we're good for the next decade. Because as long as we get a good Wolverine and give you a Phoenix saga like you've never seen before, we're in. Yeah. Third third time's a charm. Third time's a charm. Time's a charm. <laughs> for the Phoenix, for the Phoenix and the Fantastic Four, it's third That's time's true. a charm, guys. That's true. Third time's a charm. I just want to see James Gunn. Hey, they did it with they did it with Spidey. That's true. That's true. I just want to see James Gunn like John Malkovich and Rounders when he sees the success of like, motherfucking, motherfucking. <laughs> I just want to see that from James Gunn because there's a lot of rumors that there's some tension between those two gentlemen. So we'll see how much truth there is to that. Um, all right, Shannon, is that it from the Marvel yeah. Kevin Feige stuff? All right, let's take a quick break and we'll jump into our third uh, news item uh, right after this. Such a good score. That is a good score. Uh, Michael Vogel, take it away, please. Yeah, so we got some news that broke right before we started recording uh, this week's episode, and that is that Universal is not out of the Burke business uh, as far as How to Train Your Dragon goes. Um, they are now, Burke is where Hiccup and the Vikings live, in case you didn't know. That was, uh, that was, that was, that was a deeper cut. This deeper cut than I intended with trying to do the alliteration, and then I realized that Half of you were like, what the fuck did he just say? <laughs> um, Not sure if serious. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so Universal is uh, several steps into development, according to The Hollywood Reporter, on uh, a live action version of the How to Train Your Dragon franchise. So as all of you know, How to Train Your Dragon, uh, one of the crown jewels of the DreamWorks animation catalog. Uh, There is a trilogy. There's the first movie, second movie, third movie. All of them did really well. How to Train Your Dragon 1 received an Oscar for Best Animated Film, and How to Train Your Dragon 2 and 3 were nominated. No? It didn't? No, it was nominated the same year as Toy Story 3. Toy Story 3 won. Ooh, yeah, no, 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 no. That did not work out. Um, hold on, I thought, I thought Hollywood Reporter said it did, and I, now I think you were right. So, uh, oh, award nomination for Best Animated Film and Best Score. So, yeah, it did not Best win. Score. But, um, obviously, beloved films, and now we're going to get to see Toothless and Hiccup and the whole crew in live action. Um, I believe it is for March 20. They've already uh, put the window in for when it is going to be released. March, yeah, of 2020. No, I don't know. March 14th, 2025. There you go. Hey guys, it just broke. I don't have. I didn't have time to make notes. Uh, so March 2025, the movie is coming out uh, currently. So look, we are. I mean, we're going to talk about the Little Mermaid live action trailer in a minute. Where, with all the other trailers that we're going to talk about as our main topic, we've had a lot of Disney live action remakes of animated classics. Now DreamWorks and Universal are jumping into the same business. Yeah. Excited? Not excited? Good idea? Bad idea? What do you think? Go ahead, Jim. I am so torn on this one uh because that first how to train your dragon movie is so it is so incredible it is so good the relationship between hiccup and toothless is just one of the best things that i've that i've seen on the big screen and i also remember that was the the 3d that they did for that movie 
post, you know, post Avatar. I mean, that was magical. Mm. And when you look at it visually, it's like, yeah, this makes perfect sense. This would be a perfect live action adaptation. Now, it depends on what they do. I mean, the fact that they do have the director from the original three films that he's going to be directing it. Um, I feel like that's a good thing. But at the same time, it's like, are you going to Lion King it? Are you going to do just kind of a shot for shot live action remake of an animated film? Or are you going to try to put your own spin on it? And even with the putting, like, I I don't think they should do the shot for shot remake. I do think they should put their own spin on it. Mm -hmm. But even within that, I'm so torn. Because that first movie to me is just so perfect that it's like I, 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 the 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 home run for me that you have to hit for this movie to to work. It's just I mean it is it's a it's a Boston Red Sox green monster home run like that is that's that's a that's a big wall in the, in the baseball stadium in Boston uh, called the Green Monster. Very hard to hit over, um, but it is so. It's just so hard to nail this. But at the same time, I also really, really want to see it. And also John Powell's score oh my God. is one of the most, it's just yeah. one of the best animated scores, one of the best scores out there. And it's like, are you gonna, are you gonna use it? I feel like you should, but also that that's why just from top to bottom, I am so conflicted on this as a project like i want it to be good but i see all the ways that it could possibly go wrong yeah i would say uh, it's one of these franchises that i thoroughly love um i'm never not uh enjoying it It, 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 you know they're not all equal but i enjoy the world i think it's a damn good trilogy to be honest with you all in all and yeah, John Powell's music is iconic. You guys know I'm no score whore, but when it stands out, it, I, it stands out. And when it does, I know I've listened to something really special. And I think that was, that's that been my feeling about John Powell's score. I'm with you. Dean Dubois coming back to do it is interesting because I, I like we're seeing with Last of Us, Neil Druckmann coming on as a co-creator with Craig Mazin. Mazin has a lot of experience doing live action TV series. So you bring Neil Druckmann in to be, let's work together. Let's, you know, you know the spirit of the game. This is what I want to do with it. Let's work together so we can make it work for this medium. Dean Dubois being on his own to do this and doing the adaptation of it, I think is going to be interesting. What is the special effects going to be like? What's the budget for the special effects on this? Because you got to make that dragon so incredible. Because that is one of the biggest selling points of Toothless. Can you get that right in a live action situation? I don't think I've seen many films or shows where you really get the dragon's personality coming through in a way that you are empathetic and connected the the remake of the live action of uh, pete's dragon that is criminally underwatched that was a great version of doing that you actually connected with that dragon you felt it you sensed it in my opinion it was um but but you know you don't sense that with the uh, uh house of or game of thrones dragons or the house of the dragon dragons yes they have a personality yes they're strong but you're not like actually like you know, having conversations with this dragon, or having connective tissue with the dragon, feeling that sympathy and vulnerability of the dragon, that's going to be a lot of work there. And who is going to come in and play Hiccup? Like, um, and I look, Jared Butler's still around. So if you get him to reprise the role, that'd be great live action. But who are you going to get in that's really going to capture that Jay Baruchel thing? Just, so just call the movie Dragon. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Dragon's right. Dragon, car, <laughs> plane, <laughs> fight. 
but you know, and by the way, there is a sequel coming called what was it called? Car? It's, is it ship or boat? Ship. Yeah, that ship with yeah, that's right. with Mike Colton. So, <laughs> no, whatever, make the money. But um, you know, this 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 situation, I I'm excited to see if they can do it. I just I just have concerns about the people involved in it and their experiencing adapting adapting it to live action. So that's my Mike. Yeah, look, I think, uh, you know, Disney has been spotty at best. I think, you know, like the it's weird because I think with Disney, my feeling with their live action remakes is the more different the live action remake is, the better it has turned out for them. And when they when they stay as close as possible to the animated content, it's kind of like ugh, it didn't work. But then we've been reviewing Last of Us every week. And yeah. I think Last of Us has really landed on the right way to do this because mm-hmm. you watch Last of Us and if you played the game, some of the scenes in Last of Us are almost word for word taken mm-hmm. directly from the game and just put on screen. But what is tying those things together are stories, characters, scenes, ideas that never existed in the game. And I think that that's what's interesting. When I look at like... I might not have begrudged Lion King live action its shot for shot moments if they had given me more Scar Mufasa relationship, had really delved into Simba and Nala more because you had more time. Like there's there's a way to do this, I think, and I think I think Universal and the entire creative team on how to train your dragon should really take a page out of the Last of Us book, which is give us the key moments we love. Like, we're all going to see it, to Shannon's point, because How to Train Your Dragon is one of the more perfect screenplays that's out there in the world of animated feature films. So give us the moments that we know we love. Give us the things that we want to see. Give us Hiccup and Toothless flying through the sky, him figuring it out, clicking that wing into that tail into place, and them just soaring. Like, give us the moments, but then expand the relationship with him and his dad. Expand the backstory. We know what happened to Hiccup's mom now because we've seen the second movie. So seed some of that into the story. Like, give us Hiccup's mom earlier. Like, there's things you could do where you could alter things, change things, tweak things, turn things around um, that would give us the same story, but a deeper understanding. And I think... The overall key with that is if you're going to adapt anything, whether you are Julie Taymor doing Lion King on Broadway, whether you're taking our favorite Broadway, whether you're taking Wicked and doing it on the big screen, nobody actually wants to see the exact same thing we already loved over again. Right. We want to see something that feels like the right thing, that hits the right beats, but gives us something new. And that could be a new character, a new take, a new perspective, a new idea. So the real question with How to Train Your Dragon is how do you give us what we want and also give us something new to this story, some new shade to it that we didn't think about or realize before? Yeah, yeah. And as you said, we're seeing that in Last of Us, you know, some yeah. fleshing out of these characters, fleshing out of these stories and having some fun with them. So we shall see. Um, all right, anything more on that, uh, Mike? That's all I got. Okay, all right, let's take a quick break, and then we're going to jump into these, uh, get into these Mondo trailer discussion here right after this. Do, 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 do. How to Train Your Dragon. Oh, yeah. That's How to Train Your Dragon, that iconic score. That iconic score that you're not a score whore, but you know that when it stands out, you hear it. I like better. I like the original better. That's what I'll say. Anyway, all right. Let's move on to these trailers here. We've got the Flash trailer that dropped um, on Super Bowl Sunday, which really exploded the internet. 
Then we had the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 trailer drop later on that day. Then we had an Indiana Jones 30-second spot that showed us some de-aging of Indiana Jones and Phoebe Waller-Bridge flying out of a plane or possibly falling out of a plane. And we got the Little Mermaid trailer that dropped here just a couple of seconds or a few minutes ago before we started. So, Shannon McClung, take it away. Where shall we go? Uh, I think you know what. Let's let's start with the most recent. Let's start with the Little Mermaid. Okay. I mean, we you know we were just talking about the uh, the live action adaptation of How to Train Your Dragon, and uh, yeah, we got to see some more footage from the live action adaptation of the Little Mermaid, and that's including the first look at Melissa McCarthy's Ursula. So. I'll say, you know, I'll just go ahead and get my stuff out of the way because I know I know Mikey will have more to say about this. (laughs) Um, But as Vogel basically said, the the live action adaptations of the Disney uh, of Disney animation, kind of a mixed bag. I mean, for me personally, I, I have no I have no emotional investment in any of them. Um, the only one that I've really, really enjoyed is Cruella. And that is, you know, more of a more of a prequel to what we saw with 101 Dalmatians. Um, but judging this trailer, um, I don't see, you know, it, it seems bright. It seems vibrant. Um, uh, uh, Haley Bailey, uh, I think she has a beautiful voice. Mm. And that very quick shot that we got of Melissa McCarthy, I mean, I think she looks great. But I hear online there's a little bit of a mixed reaction to it. Um, again, I, I would not be the authority on this. So I'll throw it over to you gentlemen first. What did we think of this look at The Little Mermaid? Uh, Mikey, you must go first here. Go ahead. I, listen, I, it's everything I just said. Like, I think Disney, Disney has a problem when it comes to their most beloved franchises, which is... It's exactly what I was just saying about How to Train Your Dragon. Like, we're all going to Little Mermaid because we want to see Little Mermaid. We want Ariel. We want Sebastian singing Under the Sea and Kiss the Girl. We want Ursula. We want Eric. We want, like, we want all the things. But if they give us just that, and, uh, you know, despite the different casting, despite some of the stuff that they've done, which I think is really good, if they just give us that, it'll be like, okay. Like, the, the animated movie will be better because it's the original. So what are they going to do that's different? And I think that when it comes particularly to like, if you grew up in the, the, the late eighties, early nineties, it's like, it's like the holy, the holy four. It's like (laughs) little mermaid, Aladdin, beauty and the beast and lion King are just like, you can't really touch them. Like they are kind of just like these classics. And so how far they're going to push it. Like, are Lin-Manuel Miranda's new songs that he's adding going to really, like, be on the same level as the Ashman and Mencken songs? Like, there's just so many questions. So this trailer, it was good. Uh, As one of my friends said, the first 30 seconds was what we'd already seen in the teaser. And the second 30 seconds was like, okay, like, okay, yeah, there's some mermaids. And then you got Ursula. And, like, it was like, I'm, I'm intrigued. But given the track record that Disney has had with the live action movies, I'm also very sort of reticent. Because I'm just like, all right, like, is this going to do it? Like, did Beauty and the Beast do it? Did Aladdin do it? Did Lion King do it? Is Little Mermaid going to, like, blow it off? Like, and I like, I I think that all three of those are varying degrees of success. I think Aladdin, oddly, is the most successful out of those three. Uh, Yeah. I think Beauty and the Beast is fine. Um, It's kind of a slight, it makes me just wish I was just putting, watching the animated movie. And then the live action Lion King, I just literally... Why does it exist when I can just watch? It's literally a shot for shot remake. Why does it exist? So, uh, 
I don't know. I don't know, guys. Yeah. One of the most fascinating theater-going experiences of my life was Michael calling every frame before it started to happen in Lion King um, for the last hour of that film. It was hilarious. Oh, and here come the bugs. Wow, shit, there are the bugs. Um, all right, well, I mean, I'm looking at this. It's an interesting shot. They don't give away too much, right? You hear her cackling. It is Melissa McCarthy. So Ben Falcone can't be too far behind, as we saw in her, even in her Super Bowl commercial, <laughs> which drives me insane. <laughs> He's going to play Flotsam and Jetsam. He, he's absolutely going to be in the movie. There's no way he isn't in the movie. Uh, and then this shot here, I mean, it's iconic. I, I like this look here. This kind of gives me hope. Eric is a little bit older than I anticipated. So um, that's I'm curious by that, at least by looks here. So very, very interesting. A different approach. So I'll say this. I hope they get it right. I'm starting to feel little weird feelings, kind of like Michael does. I, the more I see of this, the less I'm excited by it, even though I want to support it and I want Haley Bailey to do great in the role. And I like the gutsy cat recasting to go with a woman of color. But I don't know if it's 100% going to get there. And I think Michael hits it on the head. Like there have been a number of not quite 100% hitting the target live action adaptations of these things. So you hope this one, because it is such a beloved film. I mean, even broke through my, my, my girlfriend's usual, like a uh, wall of pop culture stuff. When I mentioned there's a new little mermaid trailer, she had me put it on. She wanted to watch it. So for her, it's, it's, a, it's a, as you said, Mike, yeah. there are certain people of certain age. It's an iconic film for whatever reason, for, because for many reasons, right? Not whatever, but many reasons. And so they got to get this one right, just like it had, they had to get it right way back when to kind of launch this whole golden era um, at that time. So, um, yeah, well, we'll see. I, I'm not feeling too confident, but we'll see. That's what I would say. Uh, fair enough. Uh, well, and it's it will be here before you know it. It comes out May 26th, so just yeah. a little over three months. So, yeah. How have we crazy? not gotten a massive trailer? I, I don't understand. <laughs> Marketing, I feel like post-COVID, marketing's a little different. I mean, yeah. they, we, there were the times that, you know, we would get a teaser a year out. And I think, like, those times That's are true. those times are gone. Uh, but, yeah, two and a half months, summer movies start, and we'll get this one in a little over three. I don't so know, our, I got Top Gun Maverick trailers for four years before I saw the movie. So, I don't know. Maybe. Oh, maybe. But that was pre-COVID. <laughs> we sure did. We sure did. <laughs> Tom Cruise was 30 years old when he shot that. Uh, <laughs> so the little mermaid will be out soon our next trailer one that's near and dear to my heart we got our 30 second spot at indiana jones and the dial of destiny again i'll just go ahead and get my thoughts out of the way here um the only ding that i have on this trailer or on this super bowl spot rather mm -hmm. was the fact that um we didn't get a two minute trailer that followed it like we did with guardians and the flash yeah. i was searching all over i'm like well it's got to be up it's got to be up. They wouldn't just do 30 seconds and not do a new trailer. That is what they did. Um, you know, we get some more looks at the de-aged Harrison Ford, which just looks incredible. We get our first glimpse at, uh, or rather an extended glimpse at Mad Mickelson's Jürgen Voller, our, our, our baddie. And then we get a great little exchange between Harrison Ford and Phoebe Waller-Bridge um, when they're on some crazy, crazy bomber and uh it looks like they do a little bit of uh do a little bit of skydiving out of it um i thought this trailer I, I thought this 30 seconds was great love to see sala say give him hell indiana Jones." like that was yeah. just this just warmed my heart <laughs> all over the place um 
again, I, I'm going in very cautiously optimistic, um, but it, that 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 cautious it, it is starting to wear away. I, I really hope that James Mangold James Mangold doesn't let me down here. But gentlemen, what did you all think of our big game spot for Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny? I mean, I think a lot of people are starting to worry about this movie, which I did not anticipate. There's a lot of chatter on social media about this film maybe not uh, uh coming up to snuff but i mean it's mangled he did such a good job with logan he's possibly about to do a swamp thing which would be fantastic to see so you hope he keeps this streak going with uh with a nice or well, a good movie here i like what we got but i'm with you shannon i was a little upset that we didn't get a two minute tra- how i mean like what you don't have the money for a two minute super bowl trailer i know you do so what's the issue here because even the Little Mermaid trailer, there was a lot of rumors that that was going to come out on Super Bowl Sunday. Then they didn't do it on Super Bowl Sunday, and they dropped it uh, yesterday. And it was the same 30-second trailer they could have shown on Super Bowl Sunday. So where's Di- why is Disney all of a sudden cutting costs in certain areas that they don't normally cost co- cut costs in? That's a little strange to me to see. I mean, it ain't that, like the mouse ain't got the money. So this is uh, maybe they're just waiting for a bigger presentation down the road, or they, they didn't want to be cluttered with all the other trailers. That being said, I liked what we saw with him and Phoebe Waller-Bridge on that plane. I liked uh, um, the energy of Mads Mikkelsen there. So, yeah, I'm in. and Sala, of course. It's always great to see Sala. So it was enough to be like, okay, cool. Where's the next trailer? That's basically how I felt after I watched it. Mike? I, I thought it was great. I, I It warmed my heart. It made me happy. I've been excited for this movie. I'm still excited for this movie. What I'm noticing in people's reactions yeah. is that Indiana Jones is different than the Marvel movies, the Star Wars movies, the DC movies, anything. All of these movies are either, in the case of Star Wars or things like that, where you are expanding the universe with a new cast of characters for a young audience. So the older audience has the nostalgia of what they grew up on and the younger audience is excited about the new stuff. Or with the DC Marvel, you're just constantly recreating and reinventing these characters. So the older audience has the nostalgia and the younger audience is discovering them for the first time. Indiana Jones is just for the older audience. I don't think younger audiences are as excited. Like you talk to younger audiences about Raiders and Temple of Doom and Last Crusade. And that's like our parents talking to us about old black and white movies. Like it's like they're they're older movies. So I just don't think that... uh, It'll be interesting to see. Now, this movie, this movie could get people excited again, but I, you know, I, I think that in the case of Indiana Jones, yeah. uh, unless Disney comes up with some really crazy, brilliant way to extend the Indiana Jones universe or to recreate it or to reboot it in a way that doesn't like make us all super, super angry, I think this movie is kind of a send off for Indy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, you know, and in that respect. James Mangold is the guy to do it, uh, and I, I hope I hope they stick the landing. Well, we gotta keep we gotta keep a watch on Shannon if if Indy bites it in this one. We gotta keep a watch on Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta strap him down. He'll kill Mangold in his in his sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. You know, but I think it's yeah because we've seen the narrative turn on Indiana in some circles, some of the younger fan circles. You know, oh, it's a white dude taking stuff out of other people's cultures type thing. I don't know how much of that resonates and really carries over and has a large effect on it all, but it may just be that it's been so long since that. That was 1989, that third one, that, you know, it hasn't necessarily been passed on at the same levels. I mean, there was a fourth one. We just don't talk about it. Oh, well, I don't really count that one. So, yeah. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, I just don't really think about it. 
but yeah, I mean, I don't know. But Shannon, do you think it's do you think it's like when your your parents were talking about Marlon Brando or something? What do you think? You know what? Maybe I, I don't <laughs> I don't speak to as many younger people as I as I feel like I do. Um, you know, it's not <laughs> it's not a brand that is dominating yeah. the conversation. I mean, I, yeah, I think true. that is kind of reserved for Star Wars, for Marvel, for yeah. DC. Um, with some circles, Fast and the Furious, which is bananas to me. Mm. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I think recasting Indiana Jones at the end of this is probably not the way to go. I mean, you know, with the resurgence of Kiwi Kwan, like some sort of short round project, that would be, that's, that's what, that's how I would like to see it be carried on. Um, so yeah, I mean, the, you know, all the talk years ago of like who's going to be the new Indiana Jones is going to be Bradley Cooper is going to be Chris Pratt. Um, I hope it's none of them. I mean, I, yeah. I hope that let when this is done that that fedora is is hung up and and the, the fedora and the bullwhip are hung up, and mm-hmm. we just kind of let this let this franchise at least uh, as far as Indiana the character of Indiana Jones is concerned. I, I'm hoping that we they just let it rest. Yeah, and in 20 years, if there's some big resurgence for some reason that they give it a swing then but i think as long as harrison ford is alive there's no there's not going to be any other indiana jones in my opinion um well and uh indiana jones the dial of destiny comes out on june 30th our next trailer is our second look at guardians of the galaxy volume three this was a very different trailer from that first trailer and I think they and and I think they 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 did it correctly. I mean, that first trailer was was great, but it was all about we are going to rip your heart out and <sighs> smash it into a million pieces. We see sad little rocket like it just looks so sad. I mean, we definitely had some fun moments, but it just was seemed so so sad. Whereas this one we get a little bit more of the fun that Guardians is known for. A little bit more of the fun, a little bit more of the comedy. Really great kind of, you know, uh, a three-way bit between Chris Pratt, between Star-Lord, Nebula, and Gamora. Um, We're getting a little bit more of the high evolutionary. Um, Some more looks at Adam Warlock, and we get to see sort of the uh, damage that Adam Warlock may be able to dish out when we see him and Drax sort of, uh, looks like they're in some sort of broadsword fight. Um, I, I like the way this looks. I mean, I think the way, I think the way that they chose to, chose to go with letting, letting us have that sad teaser, but then also reminding us that this is a balls to the wall action comedy, uh, action comedy film. And it's, we're going to have a good time, but gentlemen, I'll throw it to you. What did you think of our second look at guardians volume three? Man, they're all going to die. I I don't know. Uh, That's what it feels like to me, Mike. I don't know about you, but like. It just feels like even from the trailer, yeah, we got some more action, we got some more of the stuff, but it still ended with that Chris Pratt scream. It still ended with Drax, which broke me, by the way. Drax saying, "You know, it's been an honor to fight alongside you guys." I, that really got me. Uh, the rocket, raccoon, the rock, sorry, the rocket stuff. <laughs> I know I keep saying that the Beatles stuff gets in my head, but the ro- the rocket stuff that we got um, last time fed into this. I mean, seeing him with a companion and hugging and releasing. I don't know her name, but like uh, his friend there, it's it's great to see. And the Adam Warlock stuff was nice to see, but it just feels like we're going to be counting down who's going to die in this film. And that that scares the shit out of me for a film like this, because, you know, whatever you feel about the second one, the first one was so good and people love these characters. But I will say that end point was great. Um, the Nebula stuff with him was 
fucking fantastic you know and she's like knock it off like it's so good <laughs> and then he makes the crack about the eyes which i think is funny so you're gonna get the humor but it really feels like this one is lo- front loaded with emotion what do you think mike of this trailer yeah i liked it i mean you know like a lot of the gamora stuff was left out of the first trailer so this trailer mm. like featured really right. heavily on the gamora relationship and kind of giving you a cliff's notes version uh as nebula says oh, a couple things were left out but that's pretty much it but uh, but yeah, like so we we know that like a big piece of this movie is we've got the high evolutionary, which is tied directly into Rocket's origin and all of that stuff. But we're also yeah. going to be picking up the threads from Endgame and seeing what happens with like Peter Quill and this new Gamora that is not his Gamora. Um, and I think that relationship, yeah. and then the way that they're sort of twisting the him and Nebula, like he and Nebula have now been a lot closer and spent a lot more time together than him and this Gamora. So, and I think we do know from the last trailer or from some point, uh, the Gamora is kind of running the Ravagers now. Mm. Uh, or maybe we got that from the Comic-Con or we've seen it like somewhere. I think somewhere, that was but from so, Comic-Con. You know, yeah. So the, the Gamora is sort of, uh, you know, like running the Ravagers. And so that's how she does. So like the, the interesting thing about this trailer is you have all these threads. Like when we saw that first teaser and it opened with them landing on that planet that looked like Earth, but then everybody was an animal and they all started like pelting the Guardians with all the balls. I thought that was just going to be a, like a way they started the movie or a way to like kick things off. But what it seems like from the trailer, because we kind of see Adam Warlock fighting on what looks like that planet and we see a little bit more of it. And I think, like, is that the high evolutionary's planet? Is that where he's built all these people that are like Rocket, that are these animal people? So it seems yeah. like that's going to be maybe the big third act set piece where the Gamora Peter story and the Rocket high evolutionary story and the Adam Warlock story all sort of collide together. So there's a lot of threads going on here, but uh, I, I got a lot of confidence in this movie. I got a lot of confidence in James. And I'm, I, I don't. I don't think that Guardians Volume Two is a perfect movie. It's a little bit of yeah. a all over the place movie, but when that's when that movie hits you in the emotions, it hits you hard oh, yeah. in the emotions, and it gets me every time. So I I've come to really love Guardians Volume Two. Uh, I think Guardians One is a stronger film and a better structured film, but Guardians Volume Two has a lot of heart to it, and so I kind of think for this being James Gunn's big send off for the Guardian story he wanted to tell, as well as his send off in the Marvel Universe. I got high hopes for it. Well, Guardians Volume 3 comes out May 5th, 2023. And that brings us to our last trailer, which is a big old look at The Flash. Uh, This one kind of knocked my socks off. I mean, we've (laughs) we've seen little glimpses here and there, especially when DC had that this year you know this year in 2022 here are all the movies you're gonna see and we only got like two of them uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but this trailer i mean this really gives it seems like it gives the audience a lot of confidence and how much it leans into the dc universe that precedes it i mean a lot of man of steel like we got to see michael shannon zod mm. uh we get to see two barry allen's to Bruce Wayne's. I mean, the moment that we that we hear the opening opening notes of that Tim Burton bat or uh, the Danny Elfman Batman theme, and we get to see Michael Keaton. I mean, it just looks it just looks huge and great hmm. and awesome. I had one little one little quibble, and it was a performance thing that it feels like Barry Allen number two. I'm like Barry Allen number two might be an idiot. 
um, and not like not like a fun comical idiot, but just the just the way like he he takes uh, Sasha K Sasha Akai's picture, Supergirl's picture in the Batwing. Like, yeah, oh, we want to show this to our kids. I'm like, uh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that choice. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, but everything that they that they kind of threw at us, I thought was really 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 something else and knowing the uh reactions that the test screenings have gotten that this is supposed to be a just truly fantastic film it seems like that's the direction it's headed but gentlemen what did you think of yeah. our uh super bowl look at the flash Mike. i think when idiot barry becomes the big bad of this movie and tries to kill everybody you're gonna eat your words is what i think <laughs> you put you put you put a flash in yellow and you are putting a giant danger sign with neon over that flash. So that Barry showed up with his little yellow jacket and his little yellow headphones. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. We can see where this goes. Uh, yeah, look, this, you know, this trailer came out and did what it needed to do, which is it made all of us say, all right, Ezra Miller, we don't really like you. And we don't really know what you've been doing, but we hope you get your apology tour going because this movie looks great. And we all want to like it. Uh, as somebody on Twitter said, if you really want people to go see your Flash movie, put two Batman in the trailer. And that is exactly <laughs> what they did. Um, yeah, you know, for me, what I really loved about this trailer is if you are a fan of the Flashpoint comic book, and if you're not a fan of the Flashpoint comic book, I highly recommend you go to Amazon right now and order the graphic novel and yeah. read it because, A, it is clearly based on this trailer, a perfect primer for this movie, but B, uh, it's just a great story all by itself. And you don't have to know anything else about what was going on previously in The Flash. It's a great standalone story, and it's clearly what they're doing. But what was awesome about this trailer was to see how they took what happens in the Flashpoint comic and sort of adapted it to their DC Cinematic Universe. And in this case, in this case just based on the trailer, it looks like they were doing things the right way in the way that Marvel does. Uh, in the way that Civil War, the movie, is not Civil War, the comic, but it get some of those key ideas in there and really nails them. That's what this trailer seemed to do in the way that they introduced uh, Kara, um, yeah. which is similar to the way that Superman is treated in the Flashpoint comic, um, using Zod as this big existential threat that is now going to take over the universe in the absence of metahumans in the same way that they use some of the characters in the Flashpoint comic. Like, it, yeah. it was easy to sort of see what they were setting up in this trailer given what they did. There's also some things that I find confusing that I'm not quite sure, like what about Barry going back in time and saving his mom or going to a universe in this version where his mom is alive leads to a different Bruce Wayne than the Bruce Wayne in his universe. Like there's still some interesting things that I'm excited to see how they figure out, but it really looks like all story cylinders are firing on this one. Did I do the cylinder yeah. thing right that time? I did. You got it. <laughs> Good job. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, how can I say there? There are some. I lost my shit. I mean, I lost my shit because I just was blown away by what we got here. Because I didn't anticipate that we get so much Batman, and I didn't anticipate that we would get Man Batman. of Steel stuff. Batman, sorry, sorry, yes, Batman, sorry, sorry. But I didn't anticipate that we would get so much Man of Steel stuff, and uh, I liked some of the imagery here. That was just mind blowing from Andy Muschietti. Like I'm looking through some of these uh, pictures here to kind of remind me of this stuff, and I just was just massively blown away by it. I mean, seeing Michael Keaton back, 
we've had the feelings of him coming back, but I didn't anticipate here. I'm just going to share the screen because I really want to get you guys thoughts on this. I was going to copy him with the web piece. It drives me nuts. Um, who is this? A lot of people are speculating this might be Michelle Pfeiffer as Selena Kyle here at Bruce Wayne's house. If that's true, sweet Mary, mother of God, we've gone into an, the next section of my insane fandom to see her back as Catwoman. And then also look at this image here. I mean, this is as good as anything you're going to see that mirrors anything you saw in Man of Steel between Zod and Superman. So to have her be a part of this, what is her role going to be in this with Zod? So curious by that. Of course, that shot there. And then Kara bringing, I mean, Sasha Kaye, there was, you know, they're saying they're doing a new Supergirl movie. She's going to be a harder edged person. Everything I saw from her in the trailer makes me think she could be fantastic if, if they give her the chance to play it in this new universe. Everything she does here, the look, the appearance, the presentation, all of it. Then you get the blue and gray suit here, the Batman, and the oh, the last shot here of all those Bat costumes. I mean, there's so there's like a comic book one. There's a year one one. You've got the underwater one. You've got all kinds of different Bat costumes. It's going to be great. So... My yeah, favorite I mean, detail in that, uh, and I didn't, yeah. I didn't realize this, but somebody else pointed it out, is the in that lineup of costumes. There's the 1989 Batman costume that okay. has uh, burn damage on it from where the Batwing crashed before he oh, fought the Joker. Right. Okay. Yeah, maybe right there in the middle. Right there. Right there. Yeah. That's what you're talking about. Yeah, of course. Where does he get those wonderful toys? But yeah, I mean, just from top to bottom. Yeah, I mean, I didn't want to believe it. I didn't want to think they could. And and when you watch that trailer, you can't help but walk away and go, God damn, this is going to be fantastic. And you're going to have to reconcile your feelings with, with about Ezra Miller and the stuff that they pulled and the stuff that they are in trouble for and how this is all going to go down. It's going to be very interesting. But overall, it looks like, and I, and I think this is really important, Andy, I don't want Andy Muschietti's accomplishment with this film to get overshadowed by Ezra Miller's stupidity. I don't. I think to take on a, a franchise, or take on a, a film like this, when 500 other directors bailed on it, when so many other screenwriters bailed on it, when the possibility that another Flash was going to be taken over the role, maybe, so much was in flux. And for Andy to come in off the heels of the, that those It chapters, one and two, to come in and deliver what looks to be maybe, and what a lot of people rumor to believe, the one of the greatest comic book movies ever made, possibly the greatest comic book movie ever made, speaks volumes okay. to his. Okay. His, huh? I'm just saying that's what I'm here. That's what I'm here. Uh, um, get off, get off your cosmic treadmill, and let's just pump the brakes <laughs> a little bit here. Well, let's wait till the movie comes out. <laughs> I'm declaring now, but no, I mean just just it's incredible <laughs> to see that. From, from a director, and of course, for me personally, from a, a Latino director, a South American director, to come in and be able to stabilize this and do it. And I think it's fascinating because what they teased us and told us all the way back when, they're right. They're mixing in all the universes, the Snyderverse, the main universe, yeah. the universe. So, And there's still rumors that they're shooting or doing reshoots for that finale of whatever the finale is going to be, the post credit scene or whatever, to launch the James Gunn universe. So there's still more to come. And I don't know who Sasha Kaye is holding in her arms from that way far back shot. Is that Barry or a version of Barry? Or is that Kal-El who is dead at Zod's hands? Is that someone? There's so many questions. 
And so I'm just very, My, very excited. And I think it, I, and I don't know this for, I think it's Barry. Um, I, if I was going to guess, and again, well, cause Barry says in the trailer, a world without metahumans. Right. And so, um, and the Kara stuff makes sense. If you've read Flashpoint, like where, where you right. see her, some of the shots of her kind of makes sense of what would have happened to a Kryptonian who landed on earth. Um, right. But I don't know that this is a, well, and I, I've seen lots of people speculating. And by the way, I'm talking out of my ass and I've only read Flashpoint, so I don't know. But I, I kind of feel like this is a world where Kara landed and Kal-El didn't. Yeah, possibly. Is my yeah. guess. Or a timeline where he landed. A, well, that's what I, a she world landed. or a timeline or, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Course, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and the other part of this is um, uh, James Gunn shooting down the rumor uh, a couple of days ago from Grace Randolph that one of the former Batman were going to show up at the end of this uh, and be the launching pad for Batman, uh, for the uh, Brave and Bold. And the rumor had been Clooney. And she, James Gunn had to come on Twitter and shut it down and then say, <laughs> yeah, exactly, and then say that, say that it was, say that it wasn't true and that they were going to cast a new Batman. So, you know, there were a lot of rumors that it was going to be a I former Batman. So... In this, so in this saw- case with this movie, I am glad that they're doing reshoots. Like, in the, it's, it's yes. interesting. Like, right. this movie, yeah. even before James Gunn uh, came on board, even before we were getting this version of chapter one of James Gunn, like, of this whole universe and Peter Safran's universe, um, people were saying this was a great movie. But it yeah. just makes really good sense. However, you're going to end this thing to yeah. sort of use something that is apparently so good to help explain how you're going to launch everything that you're about to launch it just makes sense so yeah we'll see um all right any final words on this shannon you're muted you're muted sorry about that i i had to cough and i forgot to take myself off mute no worries um yeah it has also produced some really really uh funny funny uh memes because that shot of the two berries looking at each other, mm. someone cut together that with uh, the Nemoidians from episode one saying, the people of Hawaii, oh no, now there are two of them. Oh no. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. That is terrible. Oh man, terrible. Oh my gosh, that gave me such a chuckle. <laughs> but but yeah. the Flash comes out uh, June 16th, so... The summer movie season is going to be pretty stacked. I mean, just the, what we've talked about today, yeah. two in two in May, two in June. Yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, that's we're scratching the surface of what we're about to get. Yeah, I'm exhausted certainly not short on summer movies. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm exhausted from the last seven days of screenings and uh, covering the stuff. So. I, want, I can't imagine once this really starts ramping up. It's going to be a crazy 2023. And look, we have Mandalorian right around the corner. We have Picard tomorrow as we're recording this. So there is so much uh, coming to tide us over until these movies start coming out rapid fire in the summer for sure. Um, all right, well, there we go. That's our episode of the Geek Buddies. Thank you all so much for joining us. We appreciate it madly. Damn it, we went long again. Good God almighty. Yeah, because um, Vogel uh, was busy being hilarious. <laughs> it tacked on an extra 17 minutes. Just one more thing. Just one more thing. 
Um, all right. Anyway, Shannon, take it away. What are we gonna say? What are we gonna say? What are we gonna say? If you'd like to follow us on social media on Twitter, it's at Geek underscore Buddies. On Instagram, at the underscore Geek underscore Buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung. On Instagram, at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you would like to uh, have access to the curated humor of Mr. Vogel, it is at MK Tune. If you would like to follow Mr. Roca, it is at the Roca says. Mikey. <sighs> Well, we hope you enjoyed this extra long episode of Geek Buddies. And if you did, don't forget to thank the little people. They don't have a lot going on and they just got to take big swings at us folk. And you know what? Maybe they'll feel better if you thank them. So why don't you take a minute in the comments to, you know, thank the little people. Um, but the other thing that you guys can do is hit the like button below. Hit the subscribe button to Johnny's page. Leave your comments below, not just for the little people people but for all of us let us know what you thought of all these trailers what do you think of a live action how to train your dragon let us know what you thought of everything we talked about today if you're listening to us on a podcast go ahead and leave us some comments and stars it helps us go up in the rankings uh and as always the best thing that you guys can do is retweet this video post it on your socials send it to your friends and tell them to hang out with your buddies the geek buddies there you go and of course a big shout out to carbon health who continues to power and sponsor us here on the geek buddies head on over to carbonhealth.com for any healthcare questions concerns or needs 100 plus locations all over the country 80 plus locations in california alone or download the app to have a doc in your pocket remember what i said they're really focusing on mental health stuff as well so if you've got that going on for you reach out to them and see if they've got some great services for you in person or virtually all right y'all take care of yourselves be well and we'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode of the Geek Buddies! Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.